Good morning. All right. It's good to see everybody today. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is John, one of the members here at the Transit, and it's a pleasure to uh, have the opportunity to open God's Word with you here today. So as we get started, if you would, please uh, join me in a moment of prayer for the message. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to be here today. Thank you so much for your son. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for revealing yourself to us, that we can know you, that we can return to you. So Lord, we ask today that by your spirit, each one of us would hear what you have for us today, that we may serve you all of our days. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I had to resist the temptation to wear my football jersey again this morning. I had to resist. I actually had my hand on it, and I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that today. But there's really two reasons why I wanted to wear the jersey, okay? So I'll give you number one first has to do with, with my school, University of Cincinnati. Uh, the, the NFL draft was this weekend, and Cincinnati had nine players drafted. That's a record for us. That's a record for our school. So we had nine players drafted, and one more picked up as an undrafted free agent. So um, we also had our highest selection ever, number four pick, um, going to the Jets. So that's one reason. And that reason, really, you know, it's kind of good enough for me. But, but that's one reason. The other reason is because although Pastor Nick gets up here and talks about hockey when he preaches, I think that secretly you, my friend, are a football fan. The last time I preached, it was Super Bowl Sunday. It was Super Bowl Sunday the last time I preached. This weekend, like I just said, was three days of the NFL draft. I don't know. Maybe it's a coincidence. I don't know. Or maybe Nick is a closet, like, die-hard football fan, and when he stays up late at night and all that stuff, you know, he's got to sleep in. So he says, hey, can you preach? All right. No, but seriously, we're, going, we're continuing in our Sermon on the Mount series. Today, we're starting a, a new chapter. So we'll be starting in chapter 6 today. We'll be looking at the first four verses. And we also kind of have a transition in Jesus' message. There at the, at the end of chapter 5, Jesus just finished addressing the person-to-person relationships, and he had this six-time refrain of, you have heard, but I tell you, and then he uh, began to instruct the crowd on those person-to-person relationships regarding anger, lust, divorce, oaths, uh, retaliation, and last week, loving our enemies. So he's talking about those person-to-person relationships. Here in chapter 6, he's going to transfer and start talking about some person-to-God relationships, how we relate especially to our Father in heaven. And three times he will use the refrain, when you give or when you pray or when you fast, basically when you worship, do it unto God, not to people. And your Father who sees in secret, will reward you. So he's really uh, talking about the the condition in which we come in front 
of God. Are we coming in front of God or are we coming in front of people to to show something off and get glory that way? And we're going to talk about that today. And, you know, it's important for us to realize, you know, our father who sees in secret, our father, the almighty God, he sees us. He sees us and he gives uh, wonderful gifts as well. Matthew, in the span of the next 18 verses, uses the name Father for God 10 times. There is an intimacy there. There is a nurturing there. There is a leading there, and it's a Father who sees. So your Father in heaven sees you, sees you, sees you, sees me, sees us. Jesus wanted the crowds to understand that the truest rewards are from the Father. Everything else is temporary. Everything else you would seek is fleeting. Uh, In a few more weeks, in fact, we'll see that the, and you don't have to wait a couple of weeks. You can always read ahead. You know, the Sermon on the Mount, in the grand scheme of things, it's not really that long, right? Um, But in a few weeks, we'll see that the truest indestructible treasure is laid up in heaven. Therefore, we must give glory to God. That's the theme of the message today. That's, you know, if the sermon had a title, I don't really title my sermons, but if it did, it would be give glory to God. That's the driving purpose for today. So if you would take a look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. We'll we'll read through this, um, or I'll read through this, and then we will Keep it moving. Sound good? All right. So Matthew 6, 1 to 4. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So this is what we're going to cover uh, today. Your Father in secret, who sees in secret, will reward you. Now, Jesus calls us to give. He expects us to give. It says, whenever you give. So not if you give, whenever you give. And in these four verses, there's three things that we can pull out that kind of shows us what that should look like. So we're going to hit basically three kind of headers today. If you're a note taker, um, we'll hit three headers. First, when you give, beware of the owner. Beware of the owner. When you give, give glory away. That's number two. And number three, when you give, give quietly. So that's what we'll, that's what we'll unpack today as we go throughout the sermon. So first of all, when you give, beware of the owner. Now, I am from the great state of Ohio, hence the Cincinnati shirt, right? I went to the University of Cincinnati, but I'm from Ohio. I grew up in the country. Um, you know, I was riding uh, mini bikes 
uh, when I was probably seven, eight years old, you know, shooting BB guns, shooting 22s, doing all that stuff. So, so, so I'm a country guy, and in the country, you know, you probably see them other places, but I know where I grew up, you see the signs that say, forget the dog, beware of the owner. Beware of the owner. Now, that's something different than what I'm preaching, but, but you know, that's what brought it to mind. Beware of the owner. So what am I talking about? What, I, what I'm talking about is, think about Acts chapter 5 in the beginning, is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. They owned land, and they were uh, believers, I would, I would say, or, you know, it at least seems that way, because they're coming to give this gift uh, to the body. They're coming to give this gift to the church there in the book of Acts. And Ananias, it's not in the text, but at some point he said, here is my gift. It is the value, the complete value of the land that I sold. But that wasn't true. So that's where that beware comes in. Beware of what's inside us. Beware of what's our motivation when we give. And we'll unpack that more. But that's kind of where I'm starting at. And in Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, you, you hear Peter's reply to that because Peter knew the truth. He says, Ananias, Peter asked, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the proceeds of the land? Was it, wasn't it yours while you possessed it? After it was sold, wasn't it at your disposal? Why is it that you plan this thing in your heart? You have not lied to people, but to God. So when we give, we have to beware of what's in our own hearts. He uses heart and lie two times each in here. Lie to the Holy Spirit, lie to God. There can be a showmanship, a, a falsity in some of what we do, and we want to... Uh, Fight against that. We want to pray against that. We want to have God help us to get over those desires of our hearts in the Spirit's power. God allows us to participate. But if we're trying to put forth an act for a person or for people or for something of this world, then we can be led astray. And, and when we give out of those false motives and motivations, we're, we're not fooling the people around us. We're not lying to the people around us. We're lying to God. And remember, God sees in secret. We can't lie to God. We can look foolish in front of God, but we cannot lie to God because he knows. God is a giver, and he calls us to give. Let's take a look at Matthew 10 verses 7 and 8. As you go, this is when Jesus sent the, was commissioning the disciples to go out and minister. As you go, proclaim, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. This is the the position that, that God wants us to be in. This is the motivation for giving. Freely you have received, 
freely give. And when you see what he, uh, Jesus told the disciples to go do, he told them to go minister to the spirit and minister to the body, minister to those physical needs. Why? Because freely you received, freely give. So that's where we want to give from. That's our motivation for doing what we do. And God gave as an act of revelation. God gave to us in order to reveal himself to us so that we could see him, so that we could know him. John chapter 14, verse 9, and, you know, I'm just going to admit this right before we jump into the text, right? Almost, and, and, and I swear I don't do it on purpose, but almost every time I preach, you're going to hear about two, three things. First, you are going to hear about God, okay? You're going to hear about God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's first and primary. Second thing you're going to hear about is sports. And the third thing you're going to hear is a verse or two or a couple from John, all right, from the book of John. All right, and it's not because my name is John. It is not. It's because it was one of my favorite seminary classes. Okay, so John chapter 14, verse 9, t talking about revelation. This is when uh, Philip asked, show us the Father. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So what does this have to do with, with giving or anything like that? It's, it's, it's to show that God gave us an ultimate gift and it was seen. You know, if it wasn't seen, we wouldn't, we wouldn't know God. We would not know God if that gift was not seen, if that gift was not understood, if God did not set us up to receive it. So basically, I'm setting some context for where we're going to continue to go, but keep that in mind. God is a God that reveals himself. So when you give, give, when, when you give, beware of the owner. Our faith is a giving faith. And our God is a God who sees and reveals. Our challenge is that when we give, we have to give rightly. We have to give from that right motivation. So second point, when you give, give glory away. Give glory away. Verse 2, so whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have, they have their reward. Some versions say they've received their reward in full. They've received all they're going to get. They wanted that applause, they got it, and, and now that, that part is over. If you give to receive glory, that's all you get. That's it. When we give for selfish motives, we get whatever that temporary thing might be for ourselves and no more. Give to glorify God and the heart condition matters. The heart condition that we have when we give matters. Now, that doesn't mean that we can only give when we're right with God. I'm not saying that. It's, it's the motivation. Going back to Ananias, his error was not that he didn't give the full amount of that property. 
Peter even said, was the property not yours? After you sold it, was the money not in your pocket to do with what you wanted? The error was the condition of the heart where he says, this is the full amount. You know, I'm going to slide just a little bit back here. Now, this is it. That's all of it. And then his wife came in and agreed with him as well. They weren't giving with the primary motivation to build up that body. I can only guess, but they were given to impress the apostles. They were to impress their friends, family, I don't know. But they, did, they were giving to get some form of glory rather than giving that glory away to God. So that's the negative part. So on a more positive note, people will see your good works and glorify the Father. That's where we want to be, right? That's where we want to go. So if we look back to Matthew 5, 16, this, this is exactly what Jesus says. He says, in the same way, let your sh light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's what we do when we give. We give glory to our Father. Not that, not that he needs us to give him glory, but we have that privilege of giving him glory. And then we can bring others to the Father by giving that glory. The selfish motivations won't, won't get us there. You know, God, God can use whatever he uses. God uses all kinds of people. God uses all kinds of circumstances. So I, I don't think that we can get, any, get in anybody's way and truly stop them from meeting God by, by our bad actions. Because if that were the case, I, don't, I wouldn't be here. So to say I wouldn't be looking at you all right now is true because I know that, that I wouldn't be here. But I don't know how many of us would, would be here. Um, you know, if, if, if it depended on us, but it depends on God. So that's where we want to give the glory to make that connection. When you give, give glory away. People will see you give. The hope is that in the seeing that they make that connection with God, that they are able to walk in that salvation, that they're able to join in to be brought in to God's family. And then number three, when you give, give quietly. When you give, give quietly. Continuing on. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Hmm. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Come on, man. Seriously? Y'all heard what I just read, right? Matthew 5, 16? That let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. Well, well, what is going on here? You know, 
what is going on here? Has Jesus just kind of flipped the roles? Is he confused? Does he not know? Is this one of those, see, the Bible has all these contradictory things in there. How can you believe it? No. No, that's not it. That's not it. Give in secret is hyperbole. It's, it's an attention getter. It's, it's similar to when Jesus talks about cutting off a hand or gouging out an eye. So it's not literal. However, and what do they say? However, comma, all right? I don't know if that makes me old, young, whatever. But, however, if that hyperbole is there, it does indicate that you better pay attention. You better pay attention to what's going on because it is an attention getter. So it is best to listen up. It is best to take notes. And then it is best to put it into practice. Or, as they say, at least in the Army, get after it. All right? So they say this, you better, you better get after it. All right. So do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. If I were to translate that into uh, sports ease, that would be don't read your own press clippings. Because it's not just to impress others. We can do these things to impress ourselves as well. We can build ourselves up on the things that we tell ourselves we accomplished by hard work, by, you know, pulling us, pulling up the, pulling the boots on, you know, getting that belt tight, putting on the hard hat and just, and getting it in. And, and, and we can really impress ourselves. Um, an example of that is in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 20. This is Jesus, he's telling a group of parables, and then he comes to this parable of, of a rich man. A rich fool is what the, the subtitles say in, in my version of the Bible. Now, the subtitles aren't there in the original text, okay? Um, but it gives a summary of this parable. So here's a parable. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 16, going to 20. Then he told them a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. He thought to himself, what should I do? Since I don't have anywhere to store my crops, I will do this, he said. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and goods there. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Somebody else's, I'm, I'm going to guess, is the answer to that. Then I'll say to myself, we can really pump ourselves up on some of the things that, that we accomplish. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's really beyond what I'm, what I'm here to, to share today. But, but we can also find ways to justify that. Well, I'm a, my own harshest critic. You know, I'm supposed to celebrate certain things. Yeah, you know, those things might be true. But we can really feed off of what we do 
And now we're not doing it for God. We're doing it to fulfill some kind of need. True, true confession here um, for, for, for my corps. I'm an Army chaplain, so for the Army chaplain corps, right? Um, what we will see sometimes, and you'll see it in the church as well, um, is people want to go out and do stuff. And, and they don't necessarily publicize it. They don't, they don't necessarily... Um, sound that trumpet, you know, have like one of those Dr. Seuss bands in front of him with all the weird named instruments, you know, that these names he comes up with, I don't know, but they're, they're not doing that, but they, but they are fulfilling something in, in themselves. They're fulfilling something in themselves in the, in the doing of the ministry versus actually ministering, which is for, which gives glory to God and which shows love for our neighbor. So we have to uh, make sure that, that we are, we're not trying to uh, hype ourselves up. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Because motivation in giving matters. And that first motivation is giving, is giving because God gave to us. That's our first motivation. Freely you have received freely give. We have loved because God first loved us. Not only did God make the way back to himself, give the promise of eternal life, but he, he also modeled to a people that weren't necessarily looking for him what these things look like. Giving, loving, not for your own benefit, but for the benefit of someone else. Because, now I try, I try not to cater too much to parents, but as a parent, I know that parents can relate, right? That it, it, it's, it's, it's not always easy to, to give that grace to, to our kids, you know? It, it, can be a little bit, it can be a little bit difficult. And if everyone on the earth is made in God's image, can you, can you imagine trying to herd, what, eight billion, something like that? You know, some believe, some don't, but, but everyone's made in God's image. Eight billion kids? I don't even have eight kids. I know a lot of people that do, but I don't, right? I got four, and I got one still in the house. So, but he gave to those unruly children, you know, that child who insists on climbing the inside of the cupboard at age like one and a half. I'm making this up. This didn't actually happen, you know, but insists on doing things that you just think, are you trying to go to the hospital? Like, why do you desire to go to this place? Is it because it looks neat, you know? But our first motivation to give is because God gave to us, nothing else. Because God is dependent. God is dependable. God is unchanging. God is solid. So our second motivation to give is because we are our siblings, our neighbors, and man, why did you have to put this in there? Our enemy's keeper. Just preached that last week, Pastor Nick did about loving our enemies. We have a stake 
in everybody around us. So we give. We give in order to help one another. And that's a definite call to us in the church. Again, in John, you know, Jesus said that the way we treat one another will be a witness to the world. But he also included the neighbor in there who is a person in need, and he included the enemy in there who is probably also in need, but they probably feel like they don't need you, right? But that's our second motivation to give. Now, what about this giving in secret? Giving organically can be done in public, giving naturally. There's times for us to give, and that's what all the stuff about um, seeing the Father through Jesus, that's what that was all about. All giving doesn't have to be in secret, but we just have to look at what is actually going on. Jesus watched people give organically and even praised some of them, maybe not all of them. Mark chapter 12, verses 43 and 44. Summoning his disciples, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others, for they all gave out of their surplus. She, out of her poverty, has put everything, has put in everything that she had, all she had to live on. So the context here that I'm sharing this is kind of implied, but they were at the temple. People were giving gifts. Rich people were, were giving large gifts, but painlessly. They were painlessly giving very large gifts, and then this widow also gave. Now, Jesus could see them give. He could show to the disciples. So, so this wasn't a, a, a secret room. Um, they, they didn't quite have their online giving set up yet, so they couldn't do that, right? Um, that, that, that was going to be a couple years down the road, but Jesus is looking at the, the heart Jesus is looking at the motivation. Jesus is looking at, at us. You know, in, in the book of Samuel, when um, Samuel's going to anoint David the king, and, and, and they saw all of his, I mean, uh, Jesse, all of his impressive sons come up, you know, and, and each one is rejected by God. God says, do not look on his stature or his height or his appearance because I don't look as man looks and is enamored, this is a paraphrase now for, for you theologians, I'm not directly quoting, you know, I'm not enamored with the outward appearance I see to the heart. So it's the heart that matters, not, the, not some kind of legalism, like where we're going to have to now have a, a, a curtain or something like that to, to give, or that everything has to be anonymous. No, just basically do, do what you do, but, but do it from that, that heart that is giving glory to God, that, that quiet heart. So, I don't know if you asked this question, but, you know, we get to stand up here and we got the mic and say things like, oh, well, you might be asking. You might be asking, what about going out as, as a church and getting the, the cool shirts with the, with the branding and all that stuff and, and running events in the neighborhood? Um, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to do that the purpose being to, to reach people 
with, by being the hands and feet of the Lord in those neighborhoods. To let that light shine before people so they might see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So whoever does the church t-shirts, you're good. You can keep doing that, all right? You can keep, you can keep doing that. Um, there, there's no issue there. But even in that, we, we just have to beware. We just have to beware, even as a church, where we're coming from. Because the Bible says so. When you do your acts of righteousness, you know, be careful. Beware. Be aware. Um, and you might ask, probably not, but you might ask, you know, what about these corporations uh, that, that do these campaigns and, and these different things? You know, they might be aligning with, you know, some type of movement or cause or whatever. And I say, I don't know. Those aren't the church. Okay? I, I, you know, I'm not here to, to, to question their, their, their motivations um, or anything like that. Because God is, is talking to believers, people that will believe. He's, he's throughout this, throughout this, you know, actually, but, but throughout this Sermon on the Mount that we're going through, Jesus is talking about his kingdom. Jesus is talking about his people. Jesus is inviting us in. So it's not about what they're doing. You know, it's not about what Joe and them are doing. You know, it's, it's, about, it's about us. It's about us as individuals. It's about us as believers. When you give, give quietly. God sees it. God sees what we're doing. And he has already rewarded us. He's already given. And he is giving actively. Living, we have a living God. He is giving actively. And he will give in the future. He will reward you. So, I've got a side note, but it's not a rabbit trail because it's written down. All right? It's not, it's not a, this is not in my notes moment. Um, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And, and, and. Jesus said, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. He does not say, because your father who sees in secret will reward you. See the difference there? Do this, and he will reward you. Do this because he will reward you. The Lord owns a cattle on a thousand hills, right? Who, who can give to him that he owes us? So we have to keep that in mind, that it is an and, not a because. So what is this reward? The honest answer is I don't know exactly what it is, you know. But I know God has, has given me everything that, I, that I've asked for. I haven't asked for the million dollars. I haven't asked for that. I'm not going to because, you know, it's coming from the wrong motivation. But God, God has, really has. He's given me everything that, that, that I could ever ask for um, and more. 
but I won't leave you hanging at an I don't know, right? That's not, come on, you can do better than that, right? Goodness gracious, man, you went to school, you got all this training, you know, I'm going to assume that you read the Bible and all that other stuff, so you're going to leave me with an with a IDK? Seriously? No, I'm not going to leave you with an IDK. We know that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, Father. So he's given that, right? He's given that. John chapter 10, verse 10, not coming on the screen, but he said that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. So he's given us an abundant life. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach Good news to the poor. Some versions also add to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim the release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So he again, he comes to minister to the Spirit. He, he, he rewards us by ministering to the spirit. He also ministers to the body. So the rewards are out there. A father who sees in secret will reward us. Sometimes I think our challenge is to open our eyes and see him. That's why he had to reveal himself. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not while we saw, understood, and were able to academically and mentally say, oh, well, that makes sense. No, we weren't looking for him. You know, John says that his own people didn't recognize him. So the rewards are there. We just have to open our eyes and, and look for him, to realize him, to really, frankly, give credit. Sometimes where credit is due. Because we get confused. I know I get confused sometimes where I'm like, man, you know what? Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, that's pretty good. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'm, I'm pretty smart, you know. Um, but I have to recognize that blessing. I have to be thankful every day for what God has given as I run hard after him and I seek him and follow him, right? So, worship team, you guys can go ahead and, and come on up as we move to, to land this plane. So, when we give, we want to beware of ourselves. Because as, as Peter told Ananias, was it not yours? Was the property not yours? Was the money not yours? So, we got to beware of the owner. When we give, we want to give glory away. And when we give, we want to give quietly. God gave us the ultimate gift when he sent his son to live among us, walk the earth, die on a cross, and rise again so that we would be freed from sins. What a, what a reward that is. 
to be able to live in freedom. Freedom is, is, a, is a great reward. Died and then rose again to secure the gift of eternal life for us. God gave his son as an act of revealing himself. So it was able to, to be seen. It was able to touch us somewhere very, very deeply. God commands and expects us to give. But if we give for self-promotion, self-gratification, or some type of self-profit, then if we get it, we got it. And that's it, right? That's it. People will see us give, so that's not the issue. It's just that the motivation matters. Giving to impress people does not impress God. God is not impressed by that. God, uh, we should give as an act of loving God and of loving our neighbor. God says that if we love him, we will follow his commandments. And, and we know those are the two great commandments. And God has given us great and wonderful gifts. And he expects us to give as well, to share out of what he has given us. When you give, give glory to God. All right, so we're going to respond here to the message in, in a couple of ways. I notice uh, this is good stuff, right? This is good stuff. Um, and I, I love how things fit, fit together because I had not heard Nick talk about the giving box until last week. Like the time, so We've been back since last May, and last week was the first time I, I heard him talk about the giving box, and now here I am because he's such a big football fan. Right. So, so, so one way we respond is by giving. You can give um, online, and you can also give. There is a giving box in the back, and it's okay if somebody sees you put something in the giving box. I will only give you this caution: just don't, you know, go up to the giving box, snap a selfie, hashtag ten percent, <laughs> hashtag building the kingdom, you know. That's the modern trumpet, you know. Just don't do that. Just don't do that. All right. But, uh, you know, you, you do have the opportunity to give. And, uh, but we're going to, right now, we're going to celebrate, uh, get ready to celebrate communion. Then we'll have a song, and I'll come up for a final benediction. So if you're at home, you can have some uh, juice and some bread to join us. If you're here and you don't have the... Uh, the elements, you can go right out there in the hall and get those, um, and we can celebrate communion together. This, this remembrance is of that ultimate gift, is of the ultimate gift from the ultimate giver. When, when Jesus had that meal with, with his apostles, you know, he told them to do this in remembrance of me. And he told them that the bread was his body that was, that was broken for them. We remember that God gave. Jesus gave out of obedience to his father, but what a wonderful gift to us as well. So we, there's, there's not a and either or. It's not like I can only now give to God. It's that in the giving to God, 
the hope is that we're making the things around us better. And, and, and I think we can, we can count on that um, each and every day. So take this bread, which represents my body, which is broken. So this is Jesus' body. Take and eat. And of the wine, he said, this is my blood. Or in another uh, place, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And again, we take this and we remember that ultimate gift. So take and drink. As we get ready for the benediction, it's all about it's all about him. It's all about him. So we don't we don't have to hit the mark every every day and in every way because there's that opportunity to come back to worship him to come back he does not condemn us he's come to deliver freedom so please receive this benediction from romans may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the holy spirit you may abound in hope Lord, fill us with that hope, Lord. Direct us back to you, Lord. Help us to make an impact through you, for you, and for the people for whom you died and who you love, Lord. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you're dismissed. If you need or want prayer, there will be a team on my right, your left, to pray with you. Be blessed. Have a great week.